It's on each of us as individual units and as, as individual leaders to grab hold of the messages of our culture. Uh, culture is articulated by individual leaders being intentional about the culture. A culture doesn't just happen. It happens because somebody was strategic, intentional, and disciplined about the messaging going into that culture. Hey, it's Brendan dropping in here on something special. I think the most important thing you can do in your life is to train yourself for real personal growth and success. What does that mean anyway? Well, you have to train your mindset and train your discipline so you can follow real habits of success so that you can break through, so you can win the day more often, so you can crush through all those fears and actually unlock your real potential for abundance and happiness and power and joy. But how? Well, like all learning and all breakthroughs, you have to choose first to learn, to learn from the best, to invest in yourself, to do the work, to do the daily work. You have to train with the best, and that's why we created Growth Day's Mastery Program. Listen, we're going to train you to make self-improvement a real way of life, to unlock your positive attitude and attributes at a whole new level, to get you way more productive and influential, to show you the life and career strategies that make you unstoppable and really work. But how do we do that? Well, Every single week, we bring you a new $50,000 or $100,000 keynote speaker, multimillionaire, or world's foremost expert to switch your brain into high performance mode, to teach you what really works in wellness, in health, in mindset, in productivity. People who really help you unblock and move ahead with really practical strategies for changing your life, your relationships, your health, your career, your mission, your purpose. Every month, we unlock a new course that would have cost you thousands of dollars to buy from other teachers on brain health or positive psychology or confidence. Every year, we give you free tickets to an unbelievable motivational and transformational seminar. Every day, I give you an advanced life coaching audio to keep your mind sharp, energized, focused, motivated, confident, ready to serve and to lead and to win and build your greatest future at the levels you dream of. And I promise you, you are capable of. Every day can truly be a growth day for you, but it takes mastery in life. And that's why we have our new program, Mastery Level in Growth Day. You can go to yearofmastery.com and it will direct you to our best program in Growth Day. This is for those who really want the advanced level, who really want a breakthrough, who are tired of, hey, listen, podcasts are great, but training is another level. Go to yearofmastery.com. You deserve to join the world's number one membership for advanced personal growth and success right now. This is a membership of the real people doing the real work who have a positive mindset, a growth mindset, a willingness to be a role model, to be a leader, to serve, who desperately and deeply and joyfully love personal development, to challenge themselves, to push themselves, to achieve great things in life. Go to yearofmastery.com. Let's go. Yearofmastery.com. 
I hold in my hands your ticket to better messaging this year. Wow, if we have ever learned that rhetoric matters, did we just kind of figure it out? If we've ever wondered if people listen to leaders, if we've ever wondered if the energetic tone of what we're saying makes a difference, I think we've all witnessed that just about enough in the last couple of years. And in our industry, it is so vital that we always remember that. Your words matter, your energy matters. Whatever level you fall on the political spectrum, I could frankly care less about your politics. What I care about is that you are incredibly strategic, intentional, and disciplined in the messaging that you're using with your audience to make sure you're serving the purposes you actually want to serve. So this year, we've got to be smart. If we want to build community, if we want to impact people positively, if we want to encourage people to go for it, to strive, to work hard, then guess what? Strategic, intentional, discipline, strategic, intentional, discipline, over and over and over, you're going to hear these messages from me today. I've got five big ideas that will really help you. And what I'd like you to do today is make sure that you've got your journal, that you're going to participate in the chat while we're here together. And then I'll go maybe for 45 minutes, an hour a day. And then we will jump in. I see those journals. Then we will jump in and I'll do some Q&A with you all today because I was just chatting with a friend right before this call. He, he's, he's like, I can't believe it. We're having the best year we've ever had. Why do you think that is? I said, your messaging is probably the best it's ever been. If you're having the best year of business in your life, it is directly tied to you had a breakthrough in the articulation of your messaging. You figured out how to speak, not just to your customer better, but to the community better. You learn to be more articulate about the value of your brand, more consistent, about that differentiation of your brand and much more intentional about the energy you were creating in this world. Those things came into play. Those things always come into play. So I want you to start thinking about, wow, maybe today is a day I get way more thoughtful about my copy, my ads, my imagery, my effect energetically on the audience because all of those diagnostics are things I would do if I came into your business. You said, Brendan, why am I not at, you know, a line of a hundred people waiting to work with me as a coach? Why don't I have, you know, a, a thousand extra subscribers? Why don't I have a thousand extra buyers? I'm going to come back to messaging, messaging, messaging. Their marketing is messaging. Marketing is messaging. In the marketing world, we tend to focus on the mediums. Oh, social media. Oh, online challenges. Oh, Zoom. Oh, webinars. We, we talk so much about the things and the tools in which we communicate. But what we are communicating is what makes us either wealthy in our businesses or struggling in our businesses. Like right now, have, raise your hand if you're a coach right here. Just so I see. Yeah, I see. Oh, I see a lot of, I see. Faces I know, some CHPCs here, some other new faces I don't know. Who, who are you? I don't know you. Who's your mama? I don't know who you are. Uh, I see some new faces. I see some people here who are for the first time joining us. 
I promise if I came into your business and we sat down and we just went over everything you've been posting, there is a net effect of messaging that is happening. That doesn't matter through all the mediums, through all the Zooms, there, there's an effect. There's an energetic, a feeling effect. There's a directional effect. And you should, if, by the way, if you're new and you're not writing down some of these keywords, I'm saying, you don't know how I train. I train very specifically and intentionally. So if I say, be more strategic, intentional, and disciplined, write that down, right? Write that down. If I say to you, oh, you're having effects with your messaging, and I start by saying, there's an energetic effect, write that down, because that's how you're gonna evaluate yourself. What's my energetic effect? If I look at all of my words, what are they conveying? Let me give you an example. You all could do this separately at some time. You know, just Google, you know, um, 100 positive words or type in what's the most positive words and it'll kick back some list of all this positive words. How often are those words in your actual copy, in what you say, in your Zooms and your webinars and your online challenges and your social media posts? Because lots of people say, I want to be, a, I want to make a positive impact. And guess what? They have no words thematically that are creating a positive impact. So they're hoping for an impact without using positive words. You see, you have an effect. Languaging has an energetic effect. And when we break away from that, we become oblivious, right? We become oblivious. We, we become, you know, we, we, whether, whatever your side of politics you lie on in the last years across multiple angles, I wouldn't even claim one side or another, just, the extreme side of the politics in North America is a great example. You see people not understanding that the language, the specific words they use, create an energetic effect. And if we're not aware of that or doing it on purpose, then things get out of control. And what's happening for you, if you feel like your audience is out of control, meaning if, you're, if you give a call to action and they, and they don't do it, it comes back to, did you have messaging themes? Was there an energetic effect there that's going to lead to what you want? So you want positive impact, positive words, right? Energetic effect. They also have a directive effect. Your words have a directive effect, meaning what you are saying directs people to action unconsciously. What you are saying. So in other words, if I went back, try this. Who, who hates their conversion numbers? Who, who, who just feels like, oh my gosh, people don't buy enough of my stuff when they see my pages. Anyone here? Okay, you wanna try a fun? If you don't like it, if you're raising your hand, try a fun experiment for me, just so you can see the value of being here with me in, in Influencer Business Program every month. Because one of the things I'm hoping this becomes for you is like a diagnostic effect. You, oh, I'm learning this from Brendan, let me go and look and check my marketing. If you don't like your conversions, let's go check your marketing. Let's go look in your marketing over the last 30 days, go count your social media posts or watch the replays or look at the transcripts of your videos or your Zooms or webinars and ask yourself, how many times did you, how many times did you use the word action? How many times did you use the word action? And what you'll tend to find, not much. Not much. So you were saying, I'm trying to empower my audience to change their lives. Okay, well, that requires action or new habits 
or a new way of disciplining their day or something, right? You get the idea here, is that your words have a directive effect. And if you're finding an audience that you have, just, they just don't not, they're not taking action, is probably because you haven't been telling them to take action consistently long enough with enough celebration of those who do that they would say, I am incentivized to take action with this person. Right? You see some social media people out there who do, you know, like uh, 60 second rewards for comments. Like, you know, the first 60 people or the first 100 people or the first people to comment in 60 seconds win or get thrown into sweepstakes to win something. They're training their audience to take fast and rapid action based on their call to action. That incentivization then, later when they post a, hey, I want you all to go listen to my podcast. That's why they're in the top 20 podcasts. It's not necessarily they had the bigger audience than anyone. They were able to mobilize their audience consistently enough on other small things that when they wanted a big thing, a book launch, a new promotion, that people go, I'm all in. In other words, they knew that they weren't just communicating. They were training. Write this down. I'm not just communicating. I'm training directives. I'm training action. Your message themes are training action. They're directives. And most people aren't aware of their directives. And once you kind of like, oh, I'm giving directives, then you start finding themes. I'll give you an example. Some of the themes you, 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 you know from me, as an example. You've heard me say things like, raise your ambition. I say that all the time. You got to raise your ambitions. You got to raise your ambitions. You're probably playing too small. I'm helping people realize, yeah, I have to dream bigger. I have to stop doubting myself so much or living a life controlled by everybody else. And I have to, I have to break through my own ceiling. I have to create a new vision for myself. Why? Because that's where people, that's where personal development and I usually intersect. Is that moment when a customer says, I want to have a better life. I want to dream again. I have a bigger vision for myself. I want to break out of this mold. So recognizing that I need to not only speak to that person because that's my person, the directive there is let's raise some ambitions here. Let's dream again. Let's believe in ourselves again. Don't pretend that you're so small and powerless when the fact is you have choice every day. And so it's a directive. So you have energetic effect, a directive effect, a directive effect, okay? And listen to this, a belonging effect, a belonging effect. What does that mean? A belonging effect places your customers or your audience, your community in a, in, a, in, a, in a team, in a tribe, in a community, in a group that when you're intentional about that, your audience feels like home. They feel like this is my group. These are my peoples. I like it here. This feels good. We're all on a similar march and journey together. Now, for those who are new to Influencer Business Program, it feels, feels like a fire hose. This is your diagnostic. Go back and look at your comments. Go back and, I'm sorry, your posts. Go look at your marketing. Go look at your copy. Is the energy, the directives, and the belonging there that would create good marketing? And by the way, for those who are I haven't even gotten my five cards yet. I'm just trying to tell you the importance of these five dang cards because these five cards are going to make those effects stronger. See, 
Y'all like this today? Who's pumped for some learning today, ladies and gentlemen? This is why you show up and do the work. This is the value of Influencer Business Program. I'm trying to bring the fire for you today because I really believe that we, A, have an incredible opportunity this year to be part of a story of change, of improvement, of progress, of, of, of greater unity, of greater positivity. I think we all have that ability to, because we need to. And if you think I'm just talking about politics, I'm also talking about the pandemic, right? We, we, we have very heavy reality of this last year. Shutdowns, quarantines, isolation, loneliness, tragic mental health consequences of all of those things, tragic realities of losing so many millions of people, you know, hundreds of thousands just here in the US, you, you have to realize that, oh, yeah, okay. Parts of the world still in lockdown? Okay. I know we have a global community here, so please recognize I'm always speaking beyond the United States of America. I think it's really important to realize that there is a weighted effect of a global pandemic. And you have to be that encouraging energetic effect for people if they're gonna follow you. People tend to follow the most optimistic person. Historically, across you know, all elections in the US as an example and Canada, 92% of the more optimistic candidate tend to won the presidency, okay? And that doesn't always mean it's always true. It says about 90% of the time it's true, okay? Why is this important to understand? Because people are gonna, right now, they're choosing who to follow. And that person with greater vision and optimism is going to be the person that people are gonna tend to follow. And I'm not talking about politics, I'm talking about you and your brand. You got, raise your hand if you realize you have competition out there. You got competition. They can just keep scrolling right on by you. Are you mobilizing them with your energy, your directives, and that sense of belonging that they land and stay with you. They engage with you. They give you their attention and their dollars. If not, somebody else who is more strategic, intentional, and disciplined about energy, directives, and belonging. Y'all follow, I'm Leon. Is this too many frameworks? I feel like I just dropped 20 minutes of frameworks. Okay, we're good? Good, we even started the dang cards. Clearly I'm worked up today. Clearly I'm worked up today. I feel like we've never had the opportunity in the history of my industry ever to have such positive impact. And when I say my industry, I mean the expert industry, the thought leader industry, the influencer industry, those who are trying to be true um, leaders on social media and through other mediums right now, it's an awesome time to be alive and to be making our difference. Now, what I've picked up on, I've spent a lot of time on clearly discerning the frameworks I've already shared with you, but specifically these five, I've been working on them for about four months and uh, they'll be super, if I do a good job for you all today, this will be really basic and you go, got it, I understand, but there's a lot of depth to this and I've been speaking with uh, some of the most followed people in the world, literally online over the last three months, trying to really capture what we can do to share some goodness in the world and what we feel is going to be those big differentiators, like those big differentiators for those who are gonna stand out in succeeding these next couple of months and years. And uh, especially, I'm sorry, especially this year. And here's what we really come up with. I think there's five things and I'm gonna use uh, language that might not be specific to how you would say it with your audience, 
but that's because we have a global community. And I'll keep reminding you all of that. Sometimes I see in chat, you forget that this is not a US-based uh, group, that this group you know, uh, probably comprises over 30 or 30 to 40% non-US are here with you. So our international students, let me see your faces. Let me see you wave at us if you're there. Please everyone look, flip through all these tiles and see all these international students we've got here. Keep waving, keep waving, keep waving, keep waving, keep waving, keep waving. We see you, we see you. So we're tending very high to a global audience. So I'm gonna use languaging that I'll try to make sure applies that. And I, but I might also, for those who might not pick up some of these words, I'll explain them. And I'll specifically explain on how you would use them if you're trying to enroll people into your business, into your products, your programs, what you're trying to sell, okay? So these messages we want to be conveying to our audiences for the energetic effect, for the directive effect, and for the effect of belonging to a group. Now, the first thing we're gonna talk about is uh, something you probably need to give me a little bit of time to explain to you, and that is this one, vibrancy. Vibrancy, is that in? Oh, hey, now we're learning where our camera focus really is, aren't we? Okay, now you're all, oh, he ain't on a green screen? No, that's my real house, okay. <laughs> it was like, is that green screen? Nope, that's me. Uh, okay, so vibrancy. What does that mean? Last year was a downer energetically of a year. There was so much drama. There was a lot of heavy weight, stress, anxiety of the times. And it was a bummer for a lot of people. It was a down year energetically for many, many people around the world. We've got to now be the encouragement of vibrancy. What does this mean? We, you don't, even if you don't use the word vibrancy, think about this. Vibrancy means positive, expansive energy. Positive, expansive energy. It means you're going to purposefully be asking people to have higher levels of energy this year. I want you to write this down, ask people to have higher levels of energy. Ask people to have higher levels of energy. Higher energy is not something you have, it's something you choose and condition. So you wanna be a leader this year? Tell people that they're responsible for their energy. Tell people to choose better energy. Tell people to do the hard work and habits of developing better energy better mental energy and focus as an example, better, better physical vibrancy, better open awareness, mindfulness, or spiritual energy with the moment. But what people want to feel is that pop uh, of, of joy, of awakening, of awareness, of mindfulness, of presence. To me, I use the word vibrancy for all of that. I wanna live a vibrant life. Write it down. I want to live a vibrant life. You have to remind all of your customers. I don't care if you're in real estate, if you're a hedge fund guy, if you are somebody who is teaching people how to bake the cookies. Guess what? Vibrancy, joy in baking those cookies. Enthusiasm, excitement for trading Bitcoin. <laughs> I hope you all feel that right now. If you didn't, you weren't listening, pay attention, OMG. And also, that, that, that energy, listen, that vibrancy that comes from living your authentic life, choosing the right path for yourself, living a life of purpose, 
Now, I know I'm going fast here, but there's a reason you all have the access to all of our replays of what you've been doing here the last two, three months in Influencer Business Program is because I expect you to go back through, if you're ever struggling and not making enough, not earning enough, not getting enough people in, not growing your accounts enough, go watch an IP, IBP session and say, what if I watch this as a diagnostic? Because either Brendan's just talking at me or he's giving me the framework to measure my business. And we can measure your business success based on the energetic effect. Specifically, if you have been the encourager for them to turn back on. Let me say that again. For your audience to turn back on. For your audience to open back up, even if they're in lockdown, to energetically, vibrantly reach a higher level of energy, right? To those who encourage a higher level of energy belong the greatest followings in the world. What did Oprah teach us? Have higher levels of spiritual energy, as an example, right? What are your greatest, what are your, what, what, what was the passion of the Christ? Vibrancy, right? To passion, to have commitment, to have energy, to have a, 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 an entire country, the joie de vie, right? To, to have that joy of living. You got to understand, you are always building, selling, and articulating energy. We want that energy and those words to pop with the words like zest, like joy, like enthusiasm, optimism, excitement, positivity, vibrancy. You're either teaching your audience to want a more vibrant life or you're just a VCR manual. <laughs> okay, that's it. Either you're one of those people, literally, you're just teaching tactics. And I have so many friends in online marketing who, I'm sorry, friends and mentors in the online marketing phase from call it 2001 to 2009, call that first decade of the 2000s, who never broke through. They were an amazing teachers. They never broke through. Why? They didn't understand that they were needing to ask and encourage the audience to live a higher level or higher quality of life. But that higher quality of life always begins with that sense of life. You hear me talk about my reverence for life all the time. You hear me say in all of my messaging, when I talk about my car accident, it's what? Live, love, matter. But when I talk about live, it's like, when you hear me say it, you hear me say, I wanted to live my life. Not, I wanted to live life. No, I wanted to live my life. I, I wanted to know that I was living my life, not somebody else's life, my life. It's like that. It's like, ah, mind, ah, energy, feeling, emotion, tied to higher levels of authenticity of awakening, of opening. This is all falling on where I'm talking just categorically as you are selling, articulating, and helping people belong to a tribe or a community that's higher level energy. Write it down, higher level energy, higher level energy.
higher level energy. If you're not talking about higher level energy, you're completely missing one, uh, uh, talking about the energetic effect in terms of just languaging, two, directive. See, people, wanna, people like that. They, they wanna mobilize themselves to feel better. And then when we talk about belonging, everyone wants to be around happier, more fun friends. Everybody does. I wish I had happier friends. I wish I had more fun friends. I wish I had more intelligent friends. I wish I had, it's always something related to the caliber of how they feel around their friends. Right? In other languaging, now if you're someone who is selling to corporate America, please understand that this word also stands for full engagement. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am here to sell you my corporate package to give you employee engagement. <laughs> so you see what I'm talking about? Vibrancy, you're still selling it. In, 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 in the language of corporate America, we want employees who are fully engaged, who love their job, who whistle why they work. That's a sense of vibrancy at work. Y'all follow? <laughs> okay. I hope, you have, I hope you're having fun today. I'm trying to have fun with you all because your role matters this year and I want you to take it seriously. So I'm going to pull every lever I can with you today. I'll joke with you. I'll tease you. I'll bug you. I'll ask you to diagnose your work because right now we have to shift the energy that we are experiencing in the world related to a ton of political vitriol, related to the pandemic. Because listen, even though we can't change some of those things, and even though those things will have tail end effects for decades and generations, it's on each of us as individual units and as, as individual leaders to grab hold of the messages of our culture. Uh, culture is articulated by individual leaders being intentional about the culture. A culture doesn't just happen. It happens because somebody was strategic, intentional, and disciplined about the messaging going into that culture. Hey, it's Brendan. You know one question I never anticipated getting as the world's leading high-performance coach? It's, Brendan, what kind of car do you drive? I never anticipated getting that, but I drive a Range Rover Sport. I love this thing. You know, when you look at the Range Rover Sport, it, you just know it's, it's powerful, it's all-terrain, it's the thing in sporting luxury, but what a lot of people don't know is when you get in this thing, it's got this uh, like cockpit-like experience inside. It feels amazing to drive it. Inside, there's noise cancellation, there's cabin air purification, they have massage seats, literally. I mean, this thing is awesome. It's my favorite drive. It's got the power, the performance, the agility that someone like me who's really into high performance cares about. You can go build your own Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. That's LandRoverUSA.com. What has happened is people have become so oblivious to that on social media, and I mean it generally oblivious, that notice I'm not saying ill-willed, I'm saying most of the time for most of the people I follow in my own industry, I just watch it and I go, oh, they don't even know that that languaging is sowing division because 
you can actually make a very strong argument for something without also making people who disagree with that hate you <laughs> or be the enemy, right? We, we can have a conversation and disagree without me bringing you energetically down or ascribing you a specific type of energy like evil, right? There, we, we can do better of that. So once we are aware of some of these things, this is how we improve the world. The, at the end of the day, you know, some of you know how deeply I believe that if in our schools we taught emotional intelligence, we taught communication, and we taught civics, we'd have a much better world. We don't teach those three things. We just don't. Not, there's no good national curriculum for that. There's no good curriculum in almost any culture about those things. Some cultures do it more inherently because the culture is like that, but it's not in the curriculum. And we just don't do a good job. But I say that because I really believe that each of you and I are teachers. And we have the opportunity to be more intentional about our messaging. And when we do that, everything changes. And I believe that civics is really, if you look at civics and you read anything from political philosophy, as an example, going back to Plato, Aristotle, um, you, you will see that civics ultimately comes down to the unit economics of rhetoric, right? Argumentation and debate come back down to rhetoric. Right? If you go read Plato, even before we were talking about politics, we were talking about rhetoric, argumentation and debate and the words specifically used to make that argument and to get someone to side on a debate with that rhetoric. And so we have to realize it's so fundamental to who we are as a society and a culture to getting these right. And who doesn't want more of this? So for those of you who teach health, or mental health, vibrancy, vibrancy, energy, higher levels of energy. It's gotta be there. For those of you who are gonna deal with what is coming up worldwide in the economy, to be able to talk about when everything feels you know, low or things feel like it's crumbling or feels like uncertain, that teaching people to be positive and buoyant, even when they're in the face of tragedy or turmoil is what literally changes and sometimes saves the world. Go read Churchill, right? Go read Churchill's speeches from 1940 to 1941 and you go, whoa, here's the world on the brink. Europe is lost. France just gives up. And all of a sudden you say, wait a minute, Europe's gone. Listen to how this guy's talking call a spade a spade, call a difficulty a difficulty, and then overlay positive undertones of optimism and unity. You start seeing, wow, what one person's rhetoric can do to change the course of not only that particular empire, but the world. Very, very powerful stuff, guys. Okay, what else? Very much, I believe, um, more than ever, so needed right now, and you all hear me talk about this all the time, so I won't belabor as much as that first one. Confidence. Yeah, you can take a screenshot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay, confidence. You gotta have the confidence. Now, notice 
confidence is something that not only do I need you to have as a messenger, you've got to start instilling it back into your audience. In uncertainty, in uncertainty, people fall to the ease of doubt. The easiest thing to do in uncertainty is to doubt and to stop. You've heard me all year in 2020, I was training in this idea that doubt is not a signal to stop. Doubt is a signal to learn. And to learn, you have to test and try things to get distinctions. And the good news is, if we can realize that doubt can become overcome by moving a little bit forward to get more distinctions, more distinctions gives us more competence, more competence gives us more confidence. Over and over and over and over, I'm saying this to my audience. Our, our business grew by double, double the digits. We had an incredible year in 2020. It ended up a big part of that was because I was beating the rallying cry that you can still be confident in your life, even as you can't be confident in the economy or the politics. That, that, that confidence is an internal game. Confidence is the belief and the ability to figure things out, meeting, meeting, the will and the mastery to execute. See, confidence, so first, confidence is belief. My belief in my ability to figure things out, right? Meaning, I can do it, I can figure it out, let me try, let me go. That's the confidence we're looking for. That's, that's the kind of capable confidence that tangibly matters the most. But that belief, it, real confidence is, is locked in when that belief in my ability to figure things out is also equally matched by my drive or my will and my uh, skill, my will and skill to be able to execute. Meaning my belief in it, my ability to actually do it too. So if you read Bandura as an example in, in psychology, Bandura's whole conversation about that was called self-efficacy. It's just where self-efficacy is basically, I have high enough competency or mastery or skill that I believe I can do that specific thing. Separate than the conversations like from Nathaniel Brandon, which is more about self-esteem, right? The, 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 the belief, the care for the compassion of self, right? Like self-esteem. I feel positive about myself and my capabilities versus the ability to actually do confidence. And so those two things become a very nuanced conversation in our messaging. What do I mean by that? It means if we look at your last 60 days, are you imbuing confidence in your audience to try, to learn, to skill up? I mean, specifically, are there calls to action for your audience to get better at something and more confident at it. I'd love for you to do this. Go count the number of times you said the word confidence in the last six months. I bet you can track that right down to your bank account. Because either you're emboldening, right? Everyone says, you, you remember, we have this joke in the public speaking world back from the days. Um, and you. I, I hope this doesn't <laughs> make any of you feel bad. We've all done it. Okay, we've all done it. If you've ever uh, seen a public speaker's first website, it, the joke is it always said the same thing. Educate, entertain, empower. 
<laughs> you ever see this? Every public, they don't even know they do it, but they all, it's like, it's like an unconscious mimicry that, that public speakers have. Educate, entertain, and empower. It's probably been on a website or a business card of yours somewhere out there if you're a public speaker. I'm not speaking, it's just, it's funny. It's, I see it a hundred times, you know, uh, over a hundred times, uh, times a thousand. <laughs> it's so there. Educate, entertain, empower, or some variation of that. Well, guess what? To empower somebody, what does that really mean? Well, empowerment isn't just giving them education. Otherwise, we'd have a much higher degree of self-confidence worldwide than we tend to have. Because the reality is a lot of people have access to Google and they don't feel confident about themselves or their life. Now, I know, and this is the unfortunate reality of where we are today. The unfortunate reality today is the culture tends to think that people are overly confident, right? In, in the parlance of, of what we do in psychology, the popular culture now thinks that everybody's a narcissist, that everybody is overly confident about their capabilities and everyone is overly confident about you know what they can achieve and everyone is quote unquote narcissistic where their ego you know even if they're coming from a place of lack their ego is either bombastic or selfish and most people just don't know how to don't understand the reality of how the world is in a sense of most people lack generalized self-confidence and they lack operationalized confidence they really do um, we, we, we think that everyone's full of narcissists because we watch the news. But that is not a good indication of how people are really living their lives. And if you don't believe that, it's only because you have not coached people around the globe yet. You, 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 know, you might have a particular viewpoint, but the science doesn't, I mean, even, even in psychology, like generalized narcissism in terms of a disorder, if you look at that, you're still looking well, you know, you're looking maybe 12% of the public tops, tops, and that tends to skew towards Western cultures as well. So there's this belief that, you know, everyone's a narcissist. No, most people generally lack confidence to start their dream. Most people generally lack confidence. 74% of people lack the confidence to ask their boss for a raise, even if they're capable at work. They can do the job. They still lack the confidence to ask for the raise. Right, because why? You go, well, isn't that weird? Not if you've coached a lot of people. Because doing a good job, doing a specific thing, that's a different task than the task of communicating for a raise. These are two different things. Doing these job tasks, having this communication conversation. So you can be confident in something related, but realize confidence always comes down to that specific thing. Right? I'm a very, very, very confident mountain biker. I, I spent a lot of times in high school and college mountain biking the craziest damn hills and, and places you ever saw in Montana. Very, very confident. And like really great, very technical rider, very happy to ride. Then I went to one of these parks where they got these ramps in the woods and you ride these ramps and some of them do a loop-de-loop and some of them, like my friends are jumping off a ramp and doing them backwards. I had no confidence whatsoever. Generalized confidence, lacking the skill to do that. 
And so I say that why? Because it shows to you everybody lacks confidence at something specific that's outside their general confidence. Your job, if you want to be good at marketing, where does your audience specifically lack this? Where? Now, when I say where, I want you to write down a few things. Where do they lack this? Well, there's a couple of ways to think about that. There's where in terms of timing, meaning phases, meaning uh, the journey, places on their path. So a lot of people lack confidence to start something. But see, a lot of people don't lack confidence to start something. They lack confidence in the ability to do something specific in that starting of something. And you have to know that you have to talk to both. Let me give you an example. If you've seen sales videos from me in the past, you'll see me say something to the fact of like, listen, I know a lot of, it's scary to start something new, but it's when you start something new that you get new momentum. And listen, maybe you're somebody who you, you got confidence. You're actually excited to be here. You're excited to start something new. You, you know, you need to start something new. You're, it's like, it's time for you to do it, but guess what? You're, you're just, you're lacking confidence. It's one thing. You're not sure which system to use or, or how to use it. That's okay. That one thing, we can train that. If, if you're confident this time to change, follow that confidence. We can teach you this one. So that generalized, where are you in the phase? Some people, they start fine. It's in the middle, the messy middle. They lose their confidence when they get in and, and they started, but now they're like, oh, I'm not getting momentum. Should I quit? Should I stop this thing? Uh, it's the messy middle. You need to talk to the people who lack the confidence in the messy middle and keep them going. How do you keep them going? You let them know they figured it out so far. Confidence is the belief and ability to figure things out. You figured it out so far. And giving them the drive and the will to skill up and complete something. So give them some tasks they can do, get done, get that momentum. So when I say where, often it's in the journey, start, middle, end, a lot of your people they're bailing right at the end. People tend to get right. I mean, they're right there. They're at the finish line. Literally, they built the website. They got to hit publish and they don't. And now you go, oh, they're lacking the confidence to complete it. Why? And you got to speak to them. This has to be all along the journey. I hope this is not too much information for you guys, but I'm trying to get as much out as I can all at once because this is so critical that you're having this conversation throughout the life cycle of your customer. And you are identifying two sides of confidence as I began with. The, the, the esteem side, belief in self or belief in ability to figure things out and the tactical, the, the skill. So think about self and skill. Where along the journey do they lack confidence in self or skill? Self or skill, self or skill. And your job is to cheer it on over and over and over, and over again. All right, enough on that one. So key right now, but here's the deal. If all you did is you got more thematic in 2021 and more conscious about making sure you are leveling up their energy and asking for more confidence and your content was delivering those two things. Think about that. Now I have higher energy and I'm confident. You just change your life. You give people energy and confidence. Everything else tends to fall into place. Everything else 
tends to fall into place. Because when you have energy and confidence, you're, mil- you're more willing to try new things. You try more things, you learn more things, you develop more competence. More competence and mastery means greater results in the marketplace. That's it. More competence and mastery means people see you as a leader. More competence and mastery means you get the promotions. These are the things that really, really do matter. Okay, I'm gonna move on because I think those establish a good foundational point. Let's talk about this one. Unity and community. Unity and community. I think everyone gets these ones. I won't have to belabor them. Except you've got to be aware of whether or not your communication themes are actually dividing people or bringing them closer together, are opening the conversation or shutting the conversation. Because whether or not you're opening or shutting is literally opening the gates to a bigger audience or shutting the gates to a bigger audience. And whether or not you are really aware of who your community is and where are the factions within the community, right? The United States of America, quote unquote, could be a community, but we don't have unity, right? So these are two different things. Unity is not the same as community. Community is not the same as unity. And so I put them on one card first to show that differentiation. United States of America, we don't have that as an example, but some groups have this, but they don't have that too, right? As an example, if you've ever been around, you know, uh, 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 um, you know, a highly organized, just SWAT team, badass group of people, they're, they're united in mission, they don't know each other. You know what I'm saying? You ever have that? Who's ever been on a team where you all were going, like you knew your quarterly goals and you're all marching. So you're unified as a business. You're unified around the initiative. You're unified in your work efforts, but there's no heart and soul, no sense of belonging. Even though you're on a team of high performers, unified towards a purpose, you don't feel it. Community is a sense of belonging compassion, care, heart, spirit stuff. Unity is a sense that we're all in this together, we're moving this direction. But you can have, uh, I think you get the differentiation there. My, My point is, are we making sure that our message, one, has some unity to it? So let's just talk about the message itself. Let's not even talk about the people. Let's talk about your messaging. Or is there, is there like is there something there? Is there a unified message? Meaning, let's as an example, is it clear what you want your audience to believe? Is it clear what you want them to believe, or what you as a community that you all believe together? Is that obvious? Because if it's not, don't pretend unity will manifest itself. Unity is manifested because of we're using messaging themes that people go ah. Yes, we are all, that's us, right? That's what we believe in. That gives us unity. As an example, the 10 commandments, like, oh, okay, that's a unifying message. There's 10 things we can all agree. Those are pretty good. Let's, let's keep talking about that for a while. <laughs> you know, a couple thousand years, maybe. You got the idea? Like, it's like a unifying message doesn't just mean bring us together. It means that there's coherence to the messaging. There's theme, there's like a fabric There's a weaving of themes throughout all of your messaging that goes, that person. Now that person 
you represent like a unified front to others. You, uh, you like, uh, I get this. They keep saying this, this is important to them. That's important. Your messaging needs unity. But then also from your audience, to be asking them to align, to unite in sharing something, in doing something, in trying something, in posting something. Why do online challenges work so well? Because, oh, we're all gonna do this thing for the next five days or 10 days of this challenge. Cool, we're all doing it. That's unity. We're all gonna do this. The clear themes of this is this. Great, we're all taking these actions. Ah, cool. We're all in it together. Great, unity. And then the community happens only, community only happens in sharing and compassionate feedback to that sharing. That's where community happens. Community is both a, a place you go and belong to, so a destination as an example, they need to have a, whether it's a Facebook group or it's just on your email list or in real life, they meet up once in a while back when we are able to do that. It's, it's a like community, people think of as a place, but community is really a process, process. Communities manifest when people feel psychologically safe to share and be vulnerable but most importantly, there's trust in the group that there'll be compassionate feedback, right? You can have a family that doesn't have any community. Who's ever been in a family that did not have community? Anyone know what I'm talking about? You can be in a family and not have community. And so the community aspect is each person or the majority of the persons feel comfortable sharing and comfortable in knowledge that what they are sharing, others are open to, will respect, cheerlead, or support. And so if you're some out there, my community matters, yay, but you don't tell them about the process of forming community and what that means to you specifically, then what you have is followers, but not community. And I totally own that. My social media team would probably acknowledge that to me uh, and probably you do too. It's like, I've, I've done a really good job of getting the followers. I feel like a subpar job of community except at my live events because that's that was my strength. That's where I like to play it. So for those who remember my events, I miss you so much. Oh God, <laughs> I love you, I miss you. Miss our live events, but you get what I'm saying like that. I know how to do a community there and I enjoyed that process online, not so much trying to get better at it this year. One reason we started Growth Day. My emphasis with Growth Day was, oh, I'm gonna rebuild intentionally this time and teach that process of community as we go versus hope it manifests. So let me ask you, have you been hoping community manifests around your brand or are you teaching the process of community building? I missed that for several years. Okay, I hope that helps. Next up, oh, I love this one. <laughs> Okay. You got to be the leader this year in teaching self-control, which for purposes of today, self-control, sorry about that, self-control. And you see, it says focus and discipline right underneath it. Focus plus discipline is self-control. Not exactly true, but I'm going to come back to it. Okay. All right. For those who are in my 
my psychological warriors out there who already hate my definition here, um, please understand I'm teaching with the context of how influencers communicate key messages. I'm not speaking to the psychological concept of self-control, but let me cover that real fast. The psychological concept of self-control is internally, I have the capability to one, control my impulses, but it's less about just control. It's that first I'm self-aware, I'm aware enough to know what my impulses or my mind is asking me to do. So I can be aware that I'm getting this impulse to fight, flight, freeze, or flow, and I can choose to follow that or to not do that. That's a big part of self-control is first being aware of the impulse. Most people aren't aware. So they're just kind of flowing through unconsciously with whatever impulse guides them. But self-control really demands that, oh, I'm aware of what I'm focusing on or what I'm being asked to do biologically or from you know, my brain impulses. And now I want to go, oh, okay, do I want that? Is that good for me? Does that align with my values? Is that going to help me in the short term and long term? Do I sense that's ethical? Is that something that's going to be positive for the people around me? Right? There's that gate of reflection and intention that helps me evaluate my next move. And last year, you saw those who could deal with self-control, it was a much easier year than those who lacked it. And I think that's really important to understand. It's like if often we'll talk about it in high performance work or in lots of psychological work too, self-control being a meeting of self-awareness and self-regulation, right? Awareness is I'm aware of it. I can sense it. I'm mindful to it. I know it's happening. Regulation means I can choose to make the right decision, but I can also stop myself from making the wrong one. I can regulate my actions after the awareness. So why do I bring this up? Because your job is to always be urging your audience back to focusing on what's important, to being aware of their impulses and their distractions that get in their way. Let me say it again, to be aware of their impulses, often fear, uncertainty, self-doubt, shame, that gets in their way. So those impulses and those distractions that gets in the way of what they want. So you always say, I'm always training my audience, always training my audience on productivity. Why? Because I'm the productivity guy? No, because productivity requires me to have a conversation about self-control. To avoid, if you follow my message, I talk about distraction all the time. I talk about the impulses of doubt all the time. Why? Because I know that if I can give my audience more sense of self-control about their feelings, their emotions, their day, their focus, their time, we can give them a little bit of reclamation of life's agenda. We give them a, a little bit more command. We, get, we put them back at the steering wheel, if you will. We make them captain of the ship again, the CEO and the owner again, versus the victim to distraction. And so this is also where, this is also where you get the greatest capability as an influencer to challenge your audience in a way they're open to. 
Because we can all, we most people have the humility to go, well, that's kind of true. You know, I did watch four hours of Netflix last night and this morning I completely blew off my workout. Like most people can do that. And so why? Because most people can do that. You can push here. Influencers, please listen. Your messaging must include challenges to your audience to hold them accountable. What's the best thing you can hold people accountable to universally? What they're focusing on and what they do on a consistent routine, their discipline. If you are the person challenging them on this, you tend to be the person they follow to improve. This is, how, this is why you become their, their you know, the, the person they look to for influence because you're positively making them focus on what matters again, find their purpose, stick to a mission, serve, lead, and have the discipline to create better habits, better relationships, better financial outcomes. You get to really challenge and push here. This is, this is the gold. That's gold. Okay, last piece, at least for this mini session today, which is feeling. Feeling. Now, I'm going to differentiate this from that first one today, which was all about vibrancy, which is that heightened or positive energy about something, about life specifically. And now I want you to be the person who's speaking more to their feelings in their process than the other person. You've seen how, you know, the last three or four years, these big conversations have come up about empathy as an example. Empathy is simply a demonstration of an acknowledgement, a validation or an understanding about someone's feelings, right? It says, empathy says, I see it, I understand it, I get it. I'm not gonna judge you for it. I myself have felt that, I can understand it. Like empathy, I can feel what you feel here. Empathy is, I can feel what you feel here. I can see what you feel. I can understand it. I've sensed it myself. I'm with you. I get it. I have compassion for that because I'm self-aware enough to recognize I've had it before myself. So what happened in the last couple of years is a lot of social media influencers started empathy, 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 empathy. But if you just say empathy, 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 like other people have said, community, 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 but you don't teach them about the process, you're not having the messaging impact. So I tell people, I don't even worry about the word empathy. I jump right into understanding the audience's feelings about something, sharing yours. It's that conversation of understanding that feeling that someone else has that creates a movement, whether or not you like, understand, agree with, validate, or are aware of what you know, the Me Too movement became, not how it began, started, what it became, or the Black Lives Matter movement became, whether or not you like the organization or how it started, or the politics of that, remove that. The messaging there is, it's a bunch of people going, I get your feeling and I don't like when that happens either. We got to act. It's a connection to a feeling that is really important. And why do I share this? You got to talk about it more this year. And I know some of you are like, oh my God, have we talked about feelings enough in the last year, Brendan? Do we really have to keep talking about the feelings? I'm like, yep, you still gotta be there. I would love to go and look at the emotional tone and energy 
of all of your posts, but I'm going to specifically look for feeling words. So if you type in, you know, uh, a, a list of feelings or emotions, and you see that, oh, wow, there's 75 major feelings and emotions. How many of those have you used in the last six months? Most people are using literally a tiny little bandwidth. Anyone ever been, everyone ever date somebody or, or been, or maybe you're, you've been in a relationship or marriage with somebody who they had, like, no matter what you ask them, they're, they were like, I'm good. <laughs> they're, they're one they had one word to describe feelings, good, fine. And you're like, you're like, there's gotta be more there, right? It's like, it's because we don't teach as a culture how to articulate emotions and feelings. So when you do that, you become someone who broadens their own self-awareness. When you're the person using these messages over and over and over and over again, like, think about this just for a minute. Let's go backwards to what we've talked about today. If I could hang out with you and you could recognize, acknowledge, validate, appreciate my feelings, you were aware to them and you felt them. If you could help me become more focused on what matters in my life and more on point in executing with discipline, the things that matter to me. If you could make me feel like we're in it together, we're going places, and it's okay that I share how much I struggle with you because I know I'm gonna get compassionate feedback. And if you could like level up my energy on that journey, you got me. You got me, I'm with you. Notice. I want, you, I want you, everyone to here today, for those who understand leadership or understand where I'm going with this, notice what wasn't here today in our marketing training on messaging. Notice what's on these cards. And these cards said, key benefits. Notice nothing on here said differentiation. Nothing on here said bonuses. Nothing on here said scarcity. Nothing on here said urgency. That playbook of marketing, right? Share the possibilities, share the problems, share your story, share your features, share your benefits, share price juxtaposition, give them some bonuses, give them some scarcity, give them some testimonials. Everybody does that. That's 101. For those who have thought leader roadmap or experts academy, you can go read, literally there's, a, there's posts on like how to sell anything. That's the outline I just gave you. Hundreds of millions of dollars I've been blessed to sell online. Hundreds of millions of dollars online. That's the outline. It works. But tons of people take it and nothing works for them because they haven't been surrounding all of that with these messages. These messages are the benefits that people are looking for in their life. These are the benefits. People want to feel better. People want to have more confidence. People want to have greater emotions and feelings. People want to have more control over their life. People want to be belong to something. This is the actual messages that create the differentiation that are the benefit that do make you stand out and do make people want to be part of what you are doing, not just buy what you got. Can I get an amen on a weekday, ladies and gentlemen? This is what we're talking about today. This is it. I hope you've enjoyed this session of Influencer Business 
program. This is what we do. Stick with us. If you love this, be here with us every month. Get here live. Be here. This is why we do this work. This was a diagnostic. I want you to go back and look how you've been doing well on this. And now maybe put them on the board. And that's like, oh, when I do my content creation, I'm going to think of these things. I'm going to be strategic from now on. I'll be intentional. I'll be disciplined and implementing those. And I promise you have a greater impact that you sucked. Hey gang, it's Brendan. I'm going to change gears real quick and talk about another show here on the Growth Day Podcast Network, Lori Harder. Her show is called Earn Your Happy. This is a monster podcast if you've never heard of it before. Earn Your Happy is all about Lori talking with people and sharing her own journey of being an entrepreneur and trying to find happiness in life. And I love her phrase, earn your happy. You know, if you've ever heard me tell my car accident story, I felt like at that moment, I got life's golden ticket, that second chance. But I also felt like this, this feeling that I had to earn it, to earn that second chance. So when I got to know Lori and she told me her show was called Earn Your Happy, I was like, ah, oh, it's one of my favorite words in the English language, earn to earn the gifts we've been given, to earn the life that we want, to work for it, to strive for it. I just love it. And Lori is like listening to her episodes. I told her the other day, I was like, it's kind of like listening to a best friend talk about you know their ambitions and what they're trying to do. And she's such a great interviewer as well, by the way, that I think you're gonna get new perspectives about life. You'll laugh a lot, you'll be motivated, and you'll learn from somebody who's out there actually doing the work, building a great business and life and family. Go subscribe to Lori Harder's podcast. It's called Earn Your Happy. You can subscribe anywhere you're listening, including right now on this platform. So please go subscribe to Lori Harder's Earn Your Happy podcast. Hey, it's Brendan from the studio here. I want to jump in one more time and tell you about one of our partners, and that is Kajabi. If you've ever seen any of my marketing online or you have gotten an email from me or you've just admired kind of what we built by selling, you know, 20 plus blockbuster online courses or where I go live in my membership areas or how I accept money online now well over $100 million over the years. How do I do all that? I've always used Kajabi. It's spelled K-A-J-A-B-I. And Kajabi just helps online entrepreneurs take flight because we all have to do the same thing, right? We have to figure out, okay, how do I build a web page? How do I capture emails and send emails and funnels and uh, newsletters? How do I put content up that's for free, but also content up that's behind a paywall that I can charge money for? How do I build those membership sites? How do I organize my podcast or my blog? How do I accept money and create checkouts and order bumps and one-click upsells? How does all of that actually work? You know, if you're a life coach, how do you actually talk to a client and connect with them and schedule with them and serve them and give them a member's portal area? If you're teaching online courses, how do you actually put up the course and set up automations to sell the course? and to trigger things like an email to go out when they successfully complete one of your modules. 
Kajabi does all of that. You even get templates that I helped build and I personally wrote to help you write even better emails to your audience. That's at kajabi.com, K-A-J-A-B-I.com. If you wanted the system that most of us in the thought leader or the expert economy really use and we've relied on for years, go to kajabi.com.